Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there, this will be for 1 Kings chapter 6. So the temple of Solomon is under construction. Verse 1, And it came to pass in the 408th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel in the month of Ziph, which is the second month, that he began to build the house of the Lord. President Brigham Young said, The pattern of this temple, the length and breadth and height of the inner and outer courts, with all the fixtures thereunto appertaining, were given to Solomon by revelation through the proper source. And why was this revelation pattern necessary? Because Solomon had never built a temple and did not know what was necessary in the arrangement of the, diff- of the different apartments, any better than Moses did what was needed in the tabernacle. Verse 2, In the house which King Solomon built for the Lord, the length thereof was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof twenty cubits, and the height thereof thirty cubits. A comparison of the plan of Solomon's temple with that of the earlier tabernacle shows that in all essentials of arrangement, and proportion the two were so nearly alike as to be practically identical the dimensions of the holy of holies the holy place and the porch were in the temple exactly double those of the corresponding parts in the tabernacle that was by james e talmage in the house of the lord the temple was about one hundred feet long and thirty feet wide it stood on a platform about nine feet high the temple itself was about forty five feet high salt lake temple is one hundred eighty six and a half feet long one hundred eighteen and a half feet wide and two hundred and ten feet high That was from the Old Testament manual. Verse 3, In the porch before the temple of the house, 20 cubits was the length thereof, according to the breadth of the house, and 10 cubits was the breadth thereof before the house. And for the house he made windows of narrow lights, recessed and latticed windows, and against the wall of the house he built chambers round about, against the walls of the house round about, both of the temple and of the oracle, and he made chambers round about. The nethermost chamber was five cubits broad, and the middle was six cubits broad, and the third was seven cubits broad. For within, for without, in the wall of the house, he made narrow rests round about, that the beams should not be fastened in the walls of the house. And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone. Masonry became a profession, and the graded orders therein established have endured until this day. That's by James Talmadge made ready before, and it was it was brought thither, so that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building. The door of the middle the door for the middle chamber was in the right side of the house, and they went up with winding stairs into the middle chamber and out of the middle into the third. So he built the house and finished it, and covered the house with beams and boards of cedar, and then he built chambers against all the house five cubits high, and they rested on the house with timber of cedar. And the wood of the of the Lord and the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this house which thou art in building, if thou wilt walk in my statutes and execute my judgments, and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then will I perform my word with thee, which I spake unto David thy father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it, and he built the walls of the house within with boards of cedar, both the floor of the house and the walls of the ceiling, and he covered them on the inside with wood, and covered the floor of the house with planks of fir. And he built twenty cubits on the sides of the house, both the floor and the walls, with boards of cedar. He built he even built them for, for it within, 
even for the oracle or the innermost room of the temple, Solomon, uh, temple of Solomon, the Holy of Holies, even for the most holy place. And the house, that is the temple before it, was 40 cubits long. And the cedar of the house, which was carved with knops and open flowers, all with cedar, there was no stone seen. And the oracle he prepared in the house wherein within to set there the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And the oracle in the forepart was 20 cubits in length and 20 cubits in breadth and 20 cubits in the height thereof. And he overlaid it with pure gold and so covered the altar, which was of, the, uh, which was of cedar. So Solomon overlaid the house within with pure gold and he made partition by the chains of gold before the oracle and he overlaid it with gold. And the whole house he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the house. Also the whole altar that was by the oracle he overlaid with gold. And within the oracle he made two cherubims of olive tree, each ten cubits high, that's fifteen feet tall, fifteen foot angels. And five cubits was the one wing of the cherub, and five cubits the other wing of the cherub. From the uttermost part of the one wing unto the uttermost part of the other were ten cubits. And the other cherub was ten cubits, both the cherubims were of one measure and one size. The height of one cherub was ten cubits, and so it was on the other of the other cherub. And he set the cherubs within the inner house, and they stretched forth the wings of the cherubims, so that the wings of the one touched the of the one wall, and the wing of the other touched other uh, other cherub touched the other wall, and their wings touched one another in the midst of the house. And he overlaid the cherubims with gold, and he carved all the walls of the house round about with carved figures of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers within and without. And the floor of the house he overlaid with gold within and without. And for the entering of the oracle, he made doors of olive tree. The lintel and side posts were a fifth part of the wall. The two doors also were of olive tree, and he carved upon them carvings of cherubims and palm trees and open flowers, and overlaid them with gold, and spread gold upon the cherubims and upon the palm trees. Think this is covered with gold? So also made he the, for the door of the temple posts of olive tree, a fourth part of the wall, and the two doors were a fir tree, and two leaves of the, open, of the one door were folding, and the two leaves of the other door were folding, and he carved thereon cherubims and palm trees and open flowers, and covered them with gold fitted upon the carved work. Holy mackerel, sounds like a lot of gold, doesn't it? While Solomon thus wisely and in the fear of God ordered his government and the, and the country enjoyed a measure of prosperity, wealth, and power never before or afterwards attained, the grand work of his reign yet remained to be done. This was the building of a house under the name of, of Jehovah God. We have already seen how earnestly David had this at heart, how fully it corresponded with the divine promise, and how fitly it, its execution was assigned to Solomon as the great task of his reign, viewing it as typical of that of David's greater son meaning Jesus. As might be expected, all outward circumstances contributed to further the work. Israel as a nation was not intended to attain preeminence either in art or science. If we may venture to pronounce on such a matter, this was the part assigned in the providence of God to the Gentile world. Israel was specially entrusted the guardianship of that spiritual truth, which in the course of ages would develop in all its proportions, until finally it became the common property of the whole world. On the other hand, it was the task assigned to the world to develop knowledge and thought so as to prepare a fitting reception for the truth, that thus it might be presented in all its aspects and carried from land to land in a form adapted to every nation, meeting every want and aspiration. This was symbolically indicated even in the building of Solomon's temple, for if that temple had been exclusively the workmanship of Jewish hands, both the materials for it and their artistic preparation would have been sadly defective as compared with that of actual of what it actually became. 
but it was not so. And while in the co cooperation of Gentiles with Israel in the rearing of the temple, we see a symbol of their higher union in the glorious architecture of that spiritual house built up of lively stones. We also recognize the gracious providence of God, which rendered it possible to employ in that work the best materials and the best artificers of the ancient world. That was by Edersheim. Verse 36, and he built the inner court with three rows of hewed stone and a row of cedar beams. In the fourth year was the foundation of the house of the Lord laid in the, mount, in the month Ziph and in the 11th year in the month Bull, which is the eighth month, November, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof. And according to all the fashion of it, so was he seven years, seven and a half years actually in building it. The Megan David, is always shown as two interwoven triangles. One possible explanation is that the two triangles represent a characterization of the Urim and Thummim. This is uh, the Star of David that we're talking about. According to statements attributed to Joseph Smith, the Urim and Thummim were two triangular stones connected by a silver bow. One pointed up and the other pointed down. Superimposed, they make a fascinating Megan David, the Star of David. According to a paper given at Hebrew University by John Tavetis, now senior researcher at Farms, BYU, the words Urim and Thummim may come from Egyptian words similar to RMMM and TMMM, one meaning yes or act upon it, positive, the other a more negative, meaning leave it alone. That was by Daniel Rona. Um, so anyway, there's, there's, uh, that's the end of the chapter, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.